Están escuchando el Juan Calavera Podcast. Ua. Tú nunca, you never want to go to Havana, bro? Cuba? Ah, uh, yeah, man. Cuando vamos, cuando vamos. Yeah, I actually have a friend. Uh, I've got a couple friends that. Uh, They work with some growers in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And they always go there, bro. They always go down there to the Dominican Republic. And, and um, bro, I, it just seems like they get, they're getting all kinds of mad booty down there, bro. Just, he says that. He tells me that the culture down there, the Dominican culture of women, is like they're, they're there to, like, serve men. Like, they're there to serve men. And so when, when you know, they just, like... But is that, is that the culture? Yeah, he says or, it's the culture. Or is that the tourist? No, he says it's the culture of women is like to serve, to be at the service of men. And so uh, he says it's like an explosion, bro, of, of just, man, just like hookups <clears throat> like everywhere, man. You know, he's just like, it's, bro, he's got like all kinds of girlfriends over there. I got him. Yeah, he's got, he, he goes there probably a couple times a, a month. Maybe two times a month he flies down there. He lives in Florida. In my, in hey, but you don't think that the novias don't have other novias here? No, they do. And he knows that. He, like, he's not... He, he's not... Um, okay, so he knows his role. Oh, bro, he knows his role. Yeah, he yeah, shows yeah. up. Like, he's, he's, he's the gringo showing up with sí, cash. Man, sí, sí, sí. And everybody so knows everybody that. knows how to, when to, when to disperse. And then, yes. yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. Everybody gotcha. knows that. But he just says, you know, the culture is... Women are just, they're there, like, you know, to kind of serve men. And, and, you know, if a man wants to have sex, you know, they have sex. And, and if the man wants food, they she gets up and makes him food. And it's just like, that's the way it is, you know, so. So siempre es, es como, es como back in the day, la mujer, kinda, la mujer es para servirle al hombre type kind, of thing. Kind of, type of thing. So that's kind of like, he's invited me a lot of times, bro, but I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go down there and <laughs> get in fucking trouble, you know? Uh, Thailand, way. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. All them, all, them, all them countries out there, Thailand and Cambodia and all them places out there. I was at Thailand when I heard a homeboy of mine, wait, how do you say No, wait, wait, wait. If that's what you want, you can get that for sure. That's nah, a damn shit. <laughs> no, that's how do you say Oh, boop. Uh, puta ya. ¿Cómo que así se llama la ciudad, güey? En, 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 uh, en, uh, where, where is it at? In Thailand. I think it's in Thailand, yeah. Yeah, bro. It's yeah. crazy down there, bro. It's like the capital of fucking uh, sex trafficking. Oh, shit, yeah, bro. bro. And guys fly down there just for yeah. that, bro. Just yeah. to go to um, all them brothels and shit they got down there. Pero, ¿sabes que So, my, home, my homeboy's been there twice, bro. And uh, he says that it's true. You can find anything you want. Like, the, the shit you've seen on the videos, like the funny videos where, you know, fucking girls are throwing ping pong balls out of their ass and shit you can you can do that bro that's crazy bro that's crazy <laughs> yeah we gotta stay normal we gotta stay a little <laughs> I can't, yeah we can't we can't derail ourselves and get into that kind of crazy shit oh yeah well let's get this started we got bro enough, we got enough problems dealing with the fucking toxicas where we live you no can't shit. deal with fucking women popping fucking ping pongs out of their ass <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I, hey, let's let not give him any ideas. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. We can't talk about that shit. <laughs> All right, let's get this started, man. Wait, let's th go. Thanks for showing up, bro. Thank uh, you, este, bro. Omar Lozoya, homeboy, known you forever, man, since high school. Nos conocemos yes, high school. And, uh, well, the reason I want to talk to you today, bro, is uh, about the industry that you've uh, 
you've involved yourself into that you've immersed yourself into bro um that's how my understanding is that's how you feed yourself and your family now este, and that's uh the produce produce industry the mm -hmm. the crossing of fruits and vegetables uh between mexico and the united states of america um como how where do you start off in the industry okay so right now just to so everybody knows right now you are an owner what, what do you what do you own well judah thanks for having me bro i appreciate you inviting me um and yeah we are dear, dear friends we go back a long time so i appreciate you just thinking about me and, and reaching out to me and having me um on this podcast i really appreciate that man um thank you my man and uh and yeah i i own my own produce company now i started in 2020 at the beginning in february of 2020 so yeah i've been i've been produce for you know a long time um I've been doing this for 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 quite some time. Como empezaste? What, um, le what level did you start at? I started off as a, as an inspector for the for the for the Department of Agriculture in Arizona. I think Hector's dad even worked there. He worked for the Department of Agriculture there. So a state state job. Yeah, it was a state job. Yeah, we did uh, we did inspections. We inspected like tomato loads that came in and grapes and stuff like that. What what is the? Can you tell tell me about that? Like what um, what did that consist of? Like. Um, well, the, well, that department is kind of a, a, a regulatory department. What they do is they make sure that the produce that's coming into the U.S. Mm -hmm. meets certain quality standards. So they just can't send, you know, anything they want to send, you know, all kinds of fucking just produce that doesn't work. For right? example, un tomate. What? what, what, what? Yeah, it can't have like, it can only have a certain amount of scars. Okay. It can only have a certain amount of quality defects. It can't have like hardly any condition defects, which are decay and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If the tomatoes have those types of problems, then they get sent back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. So they got to meet certain standards, quality, visual standards. Um, uh, you know, aesthetic wise, they got to. They got to look a certain. They got to look a certain way. They have to have. They can't exceed a certain amount of defects because then, you're bringing into the market. You know. Tomato, a product that's inferior quality. Can no poder vender. You can sell it if the market's really hot, but the the point is kind of to protect the domestic industry as well, the domestic industry here in the U.S. So we don't kind of lower the standard and all of a sudden start bringing all kinds of garbage into the market. So what? So, which, so, so it, it basically keeps the Mexican growers in check. It keeps them in check. Like you can't just grow whatever and just send whatever. We were not whatever country. Gotcha. This isn't whatever people. We want the best. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of regulate that and make sure that, that the growers stay in check. O sea, no nos andan mandando mierda. No, básicamente no puedes mandar cagadero. Gotcha. gotcha. You know what I'm all saying? Right. And they don't do it on all products. They do it like on grapes. They do it on tomatoes. They do it on certain commodities. The bigger, the bigger, uh, uh, Commodities that that represent you know the most tonnage coming through the border, mm -hmm. they don't do it on a lot of smaller items as commodities. Right. But like tomatoes and grapes and onions and stuff like that, those are like because mm -hmm. those are like staple items. You know what I'm saying? Those are huge you know items. And, and we're, so we're talking about uh, oh, bro, we're talking millions, millions of, of yeah. billions of dollars, well, dollars worth of that stuff oh, yeah. coming through. Right. right yes. Right. So that's that's how you start. You that's started how we working started. for the state as yep. as basically a, a, a an inspector. An inspector. Yep. How how did that how did that transfer into you wanting to get your or doing your own thing? Oh man, it's, it was a long time after that. I mean, I worked in that as an inspector for the Department of Agriculture. On the job, I met a friend um, that while he saw me working in the Department of Agriculture, he said, "Hey, Omar, I'm opening up. Well, my family and I we have a produce company here in Nogales, and we need somebody to help us." 
do like the quality control, check the quality of the product, make sure the product is coming in good. And so he's saying, you're a good candidate because you already know about quality because you're working for the Department of Agriculture. And so he said, would you like to come work for us? And so I said, sure. And he gave me he gave me my first job in the produce industry. Back then, the company was called Wilson Produce, and then it merged into Wilson Batis, but that's who I started to work with. Mm-hmm as a quality inspector, basically doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever was coming into the company, I checked the tomatoes, I checked the grapes, I checked all the product, make sure everything was up to par, the qualities were good. I'd report back to the growers, to the sales department. And that's how I got my my foot into actually working for a produce company mm-hmm. by working in the quality control department. Yeah. And so I worked for that company for, for a number of years and after working for them and knowing, understanding more about qualities, I kind of merged into the food safety uh, area as well. Now I was dealing with food safety issues, right? Mm-hmm. I'm making sure that the growers were packing any product under the strictest food safety guidelines, making sure that you know people were using gloves, had you know had hair nets, they were sanitizing, uh, you know the 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 places where we were packing, like the packing lines, and washing the floors every day, and there was you know uh, um, soap and there was paper towels where the packers were working to mm-hmm. make sure that we started to go through that process of making sure that everything that we were working in was properly sanitized. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the food safety guidelines. Now we had to make sure that we weren't going to have any foodborne illness contaminations in our products. Right. Like nowadays you hear about, you know, there's fucking uh, E. coli and lettuce or, you know, there's <clears throat> this salmonella in this product and shit like that. And so we were trying to avoid all that from happening. We started to work on those projects, making sure that everybody understood, hey, it's not just about quality now. We need to make sure that we're also <clears throat> growing and packing our products under really strict food safety guidelines because we got to protect the American consumer and we got to protect the company as well. We don't want to be sued by somebody, you know, mm-hmm. Lord forbid, right. you know, we have a breakout in, in some of our tomatoes for some weird ass disease or something. Mm-hmm. That's just because we're not being hygienical at the farming level, at the packing house level. Right. So we started, I started to merge into that. I was doing food safety. Then we started to do, you know, food safety. I mean, quality control, then food safety. Then we started to branch into a little bit of the food security aspect of it. That's when like 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the shit hit the fan. Now, what was the key? Back then everybody was panicking about, oh shit, our, our supply chain is very vulnerable. Uh-huh. They could tap into our supply chain terrorists right. and they could contaminate our product and possibly contaminate and kill a whole bunch of people. So then we started to work on that, you know, having cameras, having uh, people, you know, um, having to put locks on the trucks so nobody could get into the trucks once they were packed, just all kinds of things. So it went from quality to food safety to food security. security yeah. And then this this big program called CT Pat came out, which is kind of a program to make sure that all the logistical chain was being really controlled, right? That nobody was able to open trailers, that you were reporting everything you had on the trailer on a timely basis to the U.S. government. The security measures began to be put in place to make sure that once a truck was loaded with produce, Mm -hmm. it could not be, you know, adulterated. It couldn't be 
couldn't be fucked with. Like nobody could say, open the fucking doors and let's spray some fucking, you know, mm -hmm. anthrax right. on a load of tomatoes. Right. No, no, we had to put seals on the trailers. We had to monitor the trucks. They came through a special lane through the port of entry. I mean, it was like we started to work on all that. So basically making sure it gets from point A to yeah. point B without, yeah. without being fucked with. And that's, the, that's I think, the value. And we got to see sometimes, you know, the value of the government. I know sometimes people, you know, like to bash on the government for whatever reason, but when you think about it... Like, when, like people that hate on government regulations. Yeah, and people yeah. that hate on just the government, period. You know, when stuff like that happens... People in the people don't see people in the mainstream don't see that you know the government does take precautions to try to protect the American the the the, the public to try to protect the consumer. Uh -huh. There was all kinds of fears they could contaminate you know the water they could contaminate all kinds of shit and and there was so much fear back then because we felt we were so vulnerable. Like how the fuck did they get in and fly airplanes into into buildings? Yeah, it's like if we're that fucking vulnerable. They'll contaminate our food supply. Right. They'll contaminate our water supply, mm -hmm. and they'll fucking take us out. Yeah. And so the government started working on certain and on different areas: food through food security, water through other issues, other programs to protect the you know the gov the people of the country yeah. from possible you know contaminations. Plugging up the holes, basically. Plugging up the holes, yep, which yep. is their fucking job. Yep. But a lot of people don't want to give them any credit for shit. Mm -hmm. But it's true. Then they do their job. They may do some other shit that we don't know about. Right. But but uh, I can tell you, being in the industry, they did wrapping it up and say, "Hey guys, no, we're fucking you know susceptible, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We gotta tighten up our security. We gotta make sure this and that." And so I branched into all that. So I started from the bottom. Yeah. You know, I have my own company now, but nobody ain't gonna tell me how this shit works because mm -hmm. I started at the fucking bottom mm -hmm. and I worked my way up. I understand. You know, growing. I understand quality, food safety, food security, and now. You know, marketing, sales, and all the new things that are happening in the industry now. So, I've been, I've been, I've been there. I've done that, um, and so that's basically that's how I started. And then once I worked in those areas, then I got my first. You know, I got a job at um, you know a good company in Nogales, working in sales. Mm -hmm. And once I worked in sales, you know, it's like a whole different world opened up to me. And I saw just an endless world, bro, of, of, of trading, of negotiating, of marketing. And I was like, wow, like, fuck, like, this is, you know, this is amazing. Because I was only in a certain area. But once I was able to see how big the industry was, bro, I started to fly all over the place. I went to Canada. I went to almost every country in the U.S. meeting so people. That that when, when you say sales, is that buy, buying and selling? No, that's basically... Well, you can do buy and sell, but basically for the companies that I worked for, mm -hmm. I was selling the product that we were growing. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just selling. The so you would go look for people that, to buy it, basically. Uh, basically, you, don't, you really don't have to look. It's such a big business. People pretty much call you to buy product from you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially in Nogales, bro. I mean, we represent such an important, you know, uh, sector of, of uh, you know, of the produce industry that. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. How much produce crosses by crosses through Nogales every year? A lot, bro. I'm gonna give you some statistics. I, I probably out of a hundred percent of all the produce that crosses through Nogales, we probably have maybe like 45-50% that crosses through Nogales. So through no Nogales, Arizona. Yeah. You're telling me that 45 Yeah, almo 45. almost almost half mm -hmm. of all fruits and vegetables mm -hmm. that are brought in from Mexico. Yes. 
come through Nogales. They come through Nogales. The other, let's say, you know, 45 or 50 or 55 percent, mm -hmm. they come through San Diego and, and Tijuana, which is another big produce entry, yes. which is basically that's all that stuff that's grown in like La Baja California, um, Mexicali, San Luis Rio Colorado, all that stuff goes through through through, through San Diego. Uh -huh. And then the port of entry in McAllen is, is fucking huge, bro. Okay. I mean, that, that and that's through McAllen, uh, Texas. Everything that grows in, in El Bajío, which is a humongous growing area. ¿Dónde es eso? En el centro del país, San Luis Potosí, Guanajuato, Aguascalientes, the center part of the country, okay. which is mostly a leafy green growing area. That's where they grow mostly like all the leafy items. Um, Lechuga. uh, lechugas, repollos, brocolis, all that stuff. We don't grow that up north. And that doesn't grow way down south because way down south is really tropical. Mm -hmm. And that's more like for tropicals, lychees, mangoes, mm -hmm. um, piñas, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like in the south. Up in the north is more of a vegetable area. Tomatoes, bell peppers, mm -hmm. eggplants, squash, melons. But the center of the country is mostly a leafy green. I mean, there's a lot of in, um, shade houses there too, or uh, greenhouses. Mm -hmm. So they do also grow a lot of tomatoes and bell peppers and stuff like that. But it's known mostly for, you know, it's leafy greens. And all that comes up through through McAllen, Texas. Mm -hmm. And so it's a huge port of entry, bro. McAllen, Texas, they bring in almost all, a lot of the mangoes come through there, all the pineapples, all the limes, all the limes that come in through the U.S., mm -hmm. I would say the greater majority of them come through Texas. Because okay. um, the majority of them are grown in Colima, and they're grown in Veracruz. And so they come in through, it's much closer to coming through McAllen than to come to Nogales. Right. So, so yeah, McAllen is a really important port, mostly on leafy greens and tropical items. Gotcha. But Nogales is very important on vegetable and fruit items, like tomatoes and peppers and squashes and, and you know, watermelons and cantaloupes and honeydews. Mm -hmm. All that, Nogales is the main focal area for that. Todo lo que se crece en, en Sonora, Sinaloa. Mm -hmm. este, Sonora, Sinaloa, este, Nayarit, Mi Michoacán, eh, Micho eh, Jalisco, Jalisco. Todo eso, mucho mm -hmm. eso entra por Nogales. So, yeah, we're, we represent... I would say almost half, bro, of the produce imports, mm -hmm. and 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 that's quite significant, bro. You're talking about, you know, just millions of ton tons, bro, of produce. It's an industry that revolves. Probably, I had the statistic right here. Let me check it out, just so I don't, such so as I don't fuck it up. But uh, it's 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 um it's quite um. So, si algo le pasa a, a Nogales, si un huracán, un huracán pega en Nogales y inunda todo todo. Todo el, el, todos los dos pueblos ahí, ambos nogales. Yeah. Este, todos se tuviera que ir por San Diego o por McAllen, entonces. Uh, yeah, I Pretty mean, much. if they close the port, yeah, yeah. it would have to go through those other, all those er areas, but um, I don't think that that would happen. I mean, I think they'd find a way to cross it, but yeah.